0: Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom. Live on BBS Radio, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners with one-on-one coaching and her million-dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective, income-generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection. Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation, and learn from one-on-one coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests how to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. If you wish to be coached now, get in the queue by dialing 888-627-6008. Each business owner is selected on a first-come, first-served basis. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach and certified financial educator, Shirlene Reeves. All right, we're coming in. Okay.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the show with the Ascended Masters at work. I love, love, love the month of February because it is all about relationships and You know, there are so many different situations with relationships that we need to learn to deal with. But I think one of the most difficult is dealing with people that aren't easy to deal with. Have you ever noticed that? I've sure had a lot of them in my life. And they just range in so many different ways. And the guest we've had on today, we're having on today is phenomenal. And she's helped me through some of my own difficult situations uh, with my children and with friends and other people who are in the workplace with me. We don't always know what to do when somebody comes across and it's not, it's not feeling too good to you. It, it makes you walk away and go, wow, I don't know if i want to work with this person or not I, man i don't know and one of the reasons i've brought on this wonderful person today is because she can answer those questions and she's been doing it for many many years and she's written an amazing amount of books i she'll have to tell us i think it's 13 if i remember right but anyway She is a relationship consultant, a mediator, a speaker, an author, and she is the relationship health doctor. And what I love about her, oh my gosh, her mission in the world is absolutely amazing. And I don't want to ruin it and tell you myself, I'm going to let you tell her. So let's welcome in Dr. Roberta Shaler. Hi, Roberta.
2: Hi, Shirleen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're here with me today because this is going to be really fun because we have problems with our kids, even grown kids. That was my most recent thing I had to deal with. And with people that we work with, tell us about uh, you know, we get ourselves into these situations, but I never know how to get myself out. How, uh, you know, how do you make a, a distinction between a difficult person and, and a relentlessly difficult person. What's the difference?
2: Well, I think we're all someone's idea of a difficult person at least one day a year. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's whether it's us or them, they're going to think we're difficult. And that's normal. There's some kind of clash of energies, some kind of clash of expectations. And we just think that person's being difficult. But a relentlessly difficult person is a person who is usually that way with you and they may not be that way with anybody else. And that's where you get into a real quandary because you go looking for help and you say this person behaves this way towards me and the other people say, oh, no, that person would never do that. Mm. And that's because they show a different face to the other person than they show to you. So relentlessly difficult people are people who are what I call hijackles, And mm. I created that non-clinical term so that people who go to the Google goddess and say my partner or my mother or whomever is behaving this way. And the Google goddess gives a psychological diagnosis I don't want people doing that. You're not in a position to know that that's the truth, nor to put that label on anyone else. But all hijackals drink from the same pool of traits. So we can talk about the traits, the patterns and cycles of hijackals. And I define them as people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and then relentlessly, often daily, scavenge them for power, status, and control. Mm, I've had a lot
1: of those people in my life where they just have taken over my life completely. And it's like I had no control of it at all. Or they've ruined family relationships for reasons that had nothing to do with me
2: whatsoever. Is that what you're talking about? It's exactly what I'm talking about. And what you said, like for no reason, whatever, it was their reason. It was for them to hijack the relationship for their own purposes so that they would feel better, so that they would feel they'd won, so that they were feeling they were in control and had power. It had nothing to do with you. You were just going to be the object of their control. Mm, Wow.
1: And that would add in money too, right? Because when I had this situation, I had a husband in my business and he would never let me know what the passwords were so I could look at how the money was being spent. And every time it was a big fight to get the password, And then he changed it as soon as he gave it to me. Is this what you're talking about?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, so many times, you know, I have clients all over the world through the magic of video conferencing, gratefully. And so many of them have not really recognized that they have slowly been removed. From any interaction with the finances. In the relationship or the business. Just as you're describing. Because that person needs control. And what could be ultimately controlling. Than having control of the finances.
3: Mm.
2: So yes. And the fact that he would give it to you. Give you a password. And then change it. And absolutely hijack all material. Because I need to make sure. That you can't get what you want. I have to win. Hmm. Wow. I, I'm i sure there's a lot of business partnerships
1: out there, just like mine was, and they don't even have to be a spouse, right? It doesn't really matter whether they're a spouse or not.
2: No, not at all. <laughs> <sighs>
1: wow. So, so define, you know, when you're looking at difficult people and, and how the, I, I love that you trademarked the word high jackals because it it really defines them so perfectly. And, and I think my biggest problem is once I get out, I can't uh, get in. I can't figure out how to get away from them. How do you how do you get away from these people? They
2: make it impossible. Well, of course they do because they want to have ultimate control, and they've taken that control in small ways. Ways you know the old urban myth about. You know, putting putting um, small animals in pots of cold water like frogs and then slowly heating up the water and they don't really notice. Uh-huh. So eventually they get boiled. And uh-huh. the same thing happens with hijackals. They just... Woo you. They are exactly who you wanted them to be. They can read you like a book. They will be the perfect person you've waited your whole life for. And you can't believe your luck. They're the best thing since sliced bread. You think you've died and gone to heaven, but they've been reading you. They're just reading you to get you onto their side hook, line, and sinker, so then they can begin to turn the tide. And that's what happens. They slowly begin to turn the tide. And unfortunately for some people, it's not even slow. I had a client, Shirlene, who actually on the wedding night didn't consummate her marriage because they had their first opportunity for him to take complete control and show her who was boss.
1: And so they didn't consummate the marriage because he decided they wouldn't?
2: Yeah, he decided that he would berate her. He would throw her around the hotel room. He would let her know how it was going to be. Mm, Wow. So there wasn't any subtle bit. There was no heating up of the water. It went from beautifully warm to icy cold. And then, of course, that was too hot to handle.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. So then right away, she was feeling like she wanted to get out.
2: Well, no, because hijackals choose you because they think you'll be malleable. They choose people who have low self-esteem and they also choose people who are very nurturing. So these people, whether they're empathic and nurturing or they they're codependent and used to behaving uh, as though they're very delighted if anybody pays attention to them, they'll choose those people. and so then what happens in and what happened in that circumstance was the woman was horrified, but she thought, "What have I done wrong?" Mm-hmm.
1: that's right. that's what I too I've done so many things wrong and uh, you know but I couldn't put my finger on what it was I think that was the most frustrating thing
2: sure Absolutely, because it isn't anything you did wrong. But if you come from either of those stances, being that empathic person who wants to nurture and nourish and and be compassionate and and all, or you come from that place of turning yourself into a pretzel and being a doormat, in either case, it's a gotcha because they're Mm -hmm. going to use that.
1: Yeah, and you know, are hijackals sort of like con- People? I mean, where they really, they start taking things out from under you that you had originally?
2: Oh, absolutely. They would love to just undermine you in every possible way and take what's yours and make it theirs, whether that's your friends or your family. There, There's a prime example. A hijacker will woo your family, pull the wool over their eyes, and then they'll start telling the family, you know, I think there's something a little wrong with her. I think maybe we're going to have to be patient with her or maybe she shouldn't go out too much because I think she's a little delicate. And pretty soon, they have pulled it all over your family's eyes too and your family has turned against you.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: That's what happened to me with my first marriage. Exactly that. And then my family didn't talk to me at all and I didn't even know why. I couldn't figure it out.
2: Right. That's what happens. And it's... Is frightening. Let me just say something about that, Shirlene. This is another situation in which you find that, what did I do wrong? Well, Uh you didn't do anything. And then you try to to explain to your family or your friends, whomever they've co-opted to their side and manipulated and lied and exploited and seduced over to their side. And you're sitting there saying, well, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything. And there's nothing you can say that will fix anything because the other, the hijackal, has absconded with the good name that you used to have. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right.
1: And it becomes very embarrassing also because suddenly there's things that you hear from other people that you had no idea and probably isn't true. I think that's the worst thing that happened to me was things were told to family and friends and then family and friends backed away from me. And I didn't, until I heard what had been said, I had no idea what was going on.
2: That's right. And many times when I'm working with a client who's Finally, just maybe realize that it's not his or her fault and it equally happens to men and women. We need to be clear about that. Um, so they find out, wow, I think something horrible has happened to me and I need to know if it's my fault and they find out it isn't their fault in the sense that they did something terrible I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. they enabled the behaviors, yes, they continued in the relationship, and there are things that need to change, but it's not about fault, it's about lack of awareness and education. But when somebody then leaves the relationship and they try to repair their relationships with family and friends, often that's Very, very difficult, and they're very isolated in the relationship, and they have difficulty not being marginalized once they're out of the relationship with their earlier friends and family.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, how does a hijackal pick someone out? I mean, how,
2: how can they tell? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm not laughing because it's funny I'm laughing because it's sadistic I mean mm-hmm. they they look for someone who will absolutely believe in them support mm-hmm. them want the best for them because these are all the things that they need absolutely need so that's why I say they choose people who are nurturers by by their nature they choose people who are pleasers people who will accommodate and who isn't going to when you're falling in love and you're being wooed by someone who seems to be the perfect person or your someone comes and wants to be your business partner and they sound like they are absolutely the person you've been waiting for because they're feeding you everything that was in your mind and heart mm. and so so they can read people really well they're usually quite intelligent as well as devious. And so you're attractive to them if they believe that they can see you as a challenge and get you to believe in them to the place where you'll defend them.
1: Mm. And I think what my biggest thing is, they're so doggone charming.
2: Mm -hmm. They
1: just kind of sweep you off your feet.
2: That's their thing, yes. The chameleon, the chameleon. You know, I have many graphics on my Facebook page hijackles, and <laughs> the graphics one of them the other day was a chameleon a multicolored chameleon and it said a hijackle will show you that it is your favorite color until they show you their true colors
1: oh wow that's a good one I like that <laughs> that's awesome so, you know, I got to ask you, once you get
2: in, how
1: the heck do you get out? What, what's the first thing you got to do to get out of it?
2: Well, first of all, it's a really good idea to get some help and whether that help comes in, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a client, a person, not a client, a person who sent me a an, an message the other day just before Christmas, and she said, my The guy that I was with, and I haven't been with for three months, he wants me back. I need to talk to you. I said, okay, great. Make an appointment, which she did. And that was a Friday. On Monday morning, she wrote to me and she said, I read your books. I read your blogs. I watched all your YouTube videos. The answer is absolutely not. And I don't need my appointment. (laughs) Wow. So, So the thing is, you can do a lot of work by reading. Yourself and recognizing and identifying, ah, that's what's going on. I have a hijack all in my life. And then it's a very good idea to get some help, to get someone who is well experienced and has the expertise to walk you through what's actually happening. It'll shortcut your journey, it'll reduce the pain, and it will give you direction because doing it on your own, you got into it, getting out of it on your own. Is not easy. And let me say this. If it happens to be a marriage, I suggest that a person does their own work first. If there's no physical or sexual abuse, I suggest that the person does their own work first. They become empowered. They become clear. They get good boundaries. They learn new skills. And they practice in the relationship so that when they leave, they are empowered and they are ready to roll. Too many people leave at the bottom of everything, and there they are. They haven't taken the time to know how to go to court, to know how to ask for what they need and want, to know what's probably going to happen, to know how to maintain custody of the children. All of those things they need to know before they leave. And as I said, unless there is physical or sexual assault that is going on and that you cannot possibly stay, then learn those things before you leave. That's key. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes perfect sense is to get prepared. And that's what I had to do. I, I prepared for, for almost a year before I could even consider leaving, because if you Well, I shouldn't say you, I should say for me, I wanted to know what was going on with regard to the bank statements and I was making copies. And, you know, if you if you tip your hand and I didn't have your help, I wish I'd had your help at that time. It probably would have been a much easier transition. So I had to think for myself at that time. And get all the information I was going to need in order to lead this man.
2: Yes, and because you have so much expertise in the financial field, let's Mm -hmm. just say something about that. It's not just what's in your bank account. You have to notice where has your name been changed on documents? And I know somebody's going to say, oh, well, they could never do that without my approval. They find ways.
1: Oh, yeah, they can. Yes, they can.
2: (laughs) And so you may be completely unaware that your name has been taken off a house or a vehicle or something. And then you go storming out because you can't stand it another minute. And you find yourself without the resources and assets that you thought were rightfully yours. And they were rightfully yours, but they've been exconded with. And now you've got to figure that out on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. I had
1: a vehicle absconded from me and I didn't realize that I learned a real lesson because we owned the vehicle together. In fact, I'm the one who paid for it. And, And he registered it. I don't know why he registered it, but I never got the paperwork until he registered it. Then he brought a temporary back to me and it said, or on it, I noticed. And As soon as he gave me the temporary paperwork, I found out later from the Department of Motor Vehicles that he had gone and taken my name off and put his name on within the the 30 days, you know, within 30 days after he gave me the temporary. Exactly. And he never had any intention of leaving my name on there.
2: No, and that's the thing, you see, the things that they do... Without discussing them with you are the things you have to become very aware of. And as you said earlier, you have to prepare and you have to do it very quietly in the background. Mm -hmm. You know, I... One of the reasons, not only the fact that I have a PhD in psychology, but I've lived this. I, I've been there. Uh-huh. I was raised by a pack of hijackles. I was in a, in a primary family where I'm an only child with a hijackle mother and a passive-aggressive father. That's usual combination. And then, of course, I was groomed to marry a hijackle. So oh. I then had to divorce a hijackle. I understand this. I understand what it took for me to, to. there wasn't any help available because same thing has happened to so many of my clients, Sherlene. They'll come to me and they'll say, oh my goodness, we've been to four marriage counselors or therapists and every single one of them sided with my partner and told me it was my fault.
0: Mm-hmm. And until
2: you came along, nobody ever saw it for what it is. Now, people don't see these. They don't see these situations in their practices. So they don't know. They don't know what to look for. And so, of course, if you've got a hijackal who's set on seducing a professional over to their side, and then they gang up with the partner to re-wound the non-hijackal, then you become really wary of going to get professional help. And mm-hmm. you need professional help. You need help from somebody been there, done that, has the ugly video and the nasty t-shirt and knows what to do about it, not just has a sob story about it. Hmm. So you know,
1: it I gotta say, is it a good idea to leave a hijackle? Because I tried. A number of times to leave and he kept coming and finding me he'd call everybody in our address book to figure out where I was and then as soon as he figured it out he came and dragged me back so I was really scared of him I was Mm -hmm. afraid and I actually he took me to a psychiatrist because he said something was wrong with me Mm -hmm. and the only good thing is that I was able to sit there without him in the room and tell the psychiatrist really what was going on. And then he forced me to tell him that I wanted a, a divorce, but I was scared to death. I was really scared.
2: Well, they are. They can be very scary because of what I said at the beginning of the program. They show one face to you and they show another face to the rest of the world. hmm. So when they're out there showing that they are the most wonderful person on the earth and that they are kind and generous and interested in all the things they are not to you, then what does it take to convince a professional that they're not all that? Well, it takes a lot because that person has to A, have the radar, you know, you have to have hijackle radar, <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, and I certainly help my clients develop it when we work together, but for professionals, they also have to have a hijackle radar. And if they don't, because they haven't experienced this themselves or they haven't been experienced in this area, then it is very natural. And I'll tell you how natural it is, Sherlene. I had a psychologist on my radio show, and I said to this person, "How do you know when you need to leave?" And honestly, I almost went right through the microphone and strangled him. He said this. He said, you look around at all the other relationships that your partner has. And if they're all good and only the one with you is bad, it's your fault. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, because they
1: don't show the real them to other people.
2: So you know why I went through the microphone and grabbed him by the neck. (laughs) Yes, I do. Because there, you see, I was saying, you don't understand hijackles. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. That you got sucked in by the hijackle right then and there. You made it the partner's fault. And so <clears throat> it's really difficult to leave because you've been hooked. And the thing that you're hooked on, not only on the hijackle themselves, but you are hooked on hope that that person that you fell in love with will return. Mm, Yeah, you're
1: right. You're right. And that just happened recently with me, and we discussed that, you know. I, I always hope that somebody's going to be kind and caring and loving, and that's, I'm, I guess I'm what you call hijackal bait, right? <laughs>
2: that's right. Because we're hooked on hope that that person who seduced us is the real person and they will return any moment. And that's why when you decide to leave, they do what we call hoovering. They come back pretending to be the person that they were when you met them. They bring you flowers. They're all over you like a tent. They can't do enough for you. And they hoover you like a vacuum right Mm. back into the relationship. Only then to be a little worse than they were when you left. Wow. Yeah,
1: you're right. And, And that hope is what sucks you back in literally. Yeah, because
2: if you're a good person, what do you do? You give the benefit of the doubt. You know, at the beginning of the time, we talked about difficult people and relentlessly difficult. Then you go back to saying, oh, they're just having a difficult time. They're a little stressed. Well, they had a bad childhood, you know. Oh, going through a difficult time at work. you got a litany of reasons for why they're behaving badly. And you go back to those instead of saying, everything I know about this person tells me that this is no good for me. And staying with that knowledge rather than being hooked and hoovered by hope Mm, yeah wow
1: all right well we're going to take a one minute break and then we're going to be back with dr roberta shaler and i'm going to ask her you know if there's any way that we can change who they are so that we can live with them and not have to leave them be back in just a minute
4: in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now.
3: The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style. And how I would like to approach people and it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional but still very warm and nurturing.
4: I invested in Shirlene's uh, compelled to sell sales training program and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I used the class, is I wanted to sort of upload all my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients and your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income, go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com.
1: And welcome back, everybody. I've been having this awesome conversation with Dr. Roberta Shaler about hijackals. And if you just joined us, hijackals are relentlessly difficult people. Not just difficult, but never-ending difficult. And as I was saying earlier, I've had many of them in my life. She's had them in hers. And I promised you before the break that I was going to ask do we always have to leave or can we work with them so that we can stay with them? How does that work?
2: Well, let me say this. I have learned through doing this for so long, and I know that there would be people in the pure psychological world who might not agree with this, but I, I believe that there are three kinds of hijackles. I believe that they're the kind that have the genetic markers for it, the brain chemistry for it, and they came from the environment of it, and they are dyed-in-the-wool hijackles, and they will never, ever, ever change because they're, they're absolutely sure they're perfect the way they are, and everyone else is to be controlled and beneath them. Then there is a second set of hijackles who are the ones who come out under severe stress. These are people who were raised in an environment with hijackals. They have become self-aware. They have worked on themselves. They have learned new skills and strategies. They've changed their mindset. But at their worst moments, the hijackal self comes out at their oh. most unguarded moments. And then they found there's a third category. Then I have a few clients in this category, which is why I've really developed this thought which are people who were raised in hijackal homes who have only one skill set and they've never, ever, ever thought about why their relationships aren't working, why they have a poor thought about themselves, and why things are always so difficult. And when they come to see me, usually with their partners, I can see in a very, very short time that they really want life to be different, they want their relationship to work, but they've only got the certain number of tools in their toolkit that they were given at home, and as a reaction to home, as a survival to home, and they just need new ones, and they're open oh. to it, like a dyed-in-the-wool hijackle. many of them can cry on demand Now, there won't Mm, be any tears, but they cry on demand. A person who has no tools in their toolkit to manage this, when they cry, they are just bereft. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are so upset. And so I know that there are these three kinds. So therefore, if you're in a relationship with kind one, make a plan to leave. It's going nowhere good, and if you can make a plan and prepare and do all that we've spoken about earlier, that's the ideal way to go. If not, if they fall into the very, very small percent who are violent, then run. Don't prepare, run. Mm-hmm. But if they're in the, <laughs> yeah. other, in the other two categories, then we need to figure that out. Is their willingness to change, or is it just being sucked into them trying to charm their way back in? And if there's willingness to change, and we see change, then it's possible that we can make enough change. And as I said earlier, the partner, the person who's not the hijackal, is best served by doing their own in-depth work to learn what they need, what they want, what they value, how to convey their ideas and thoughts and requests and needs and feelings. And they learn how to do that and they try it out in the relationship with the hijackle and they practice, and sometimes that practice makes progress. Mm. And so, if the hijackle is not a dyed in the wool hijackle, the hijackle will come and will slowly begin to become interested and safe enough to say, hmm, maybe I could make some changes. And so we need to determine that, Sherlene. that's the answer to your question, that we need to figure out what kind of a hijackal situation you're in, and whether mm-hmm. there is any willingness on the part of the person behaving like a hijackle to be open to change.
1: Mm, okay. And you said, you made a really good point in the beginning of the show about how um, we really need to move forward when we can identify them. But what about money? You know, how how do we deal with money? Because they they suck up all the money, as you call it, hoovering.
4: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Right.
2: Well, I'll give you an example of a client that I had. She was in relationship with the hijackal when I met her, and they came in to work with me together. And as happens with dyed-in-the-wool real hijackals, Within three sessions, he had gotten furious and stormed off, and so I continued to work with her because I work in packages so that if the hijackal purchases a package, the package is there for the non hijackle to use for the rest of the mm-hmm. time. So I worked with mm-hmm. her for 15 sessions, and we went through filing for divorce and all of that, and then, of course, he became a typical hijackal in the court. I went to court on Mm. their behalf a couple of times, and he was just behaving badly. And as hijackals do, they continue to hire and fire attorneys until they get a hijackal attorney.
3: Mm. When that
2: happens, then you've got two hijackals fighting everything. Mm -hmm. So I said to her, you know... He was He was saying he didn't have any money, he couldn't give her any money, he couldn't support her, he got her out of the house by lying and doing all kinds of things. She was living in her car and she said, what do I do now? I said, can you hang in? Can you find a way to hang in? And she found a way and what happened was, just to shorten the story, he's going to jail, money laundering, fraud, perjury... And then because oh. because he's not from this country, he's being deported.
3: Wow. But,
2: but that's rare because if you leave and you have no money, she just happened to be very resourceful. But I have many people in my practice and in my Facebook groups and things who say, you know, I don't have two cents to rub together and I've got kids and what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. it is very, very difficult And that's why I say, and as you said as well, prepare, 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 if you possibly can. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, have a fund. Start putting some of your grocery money away. Start making sure that you take your share of the family finances. Grow a backbone and, and don't say, oh, well, you know, we share everything you can bet your bottom dollar that hijackal is not sharing everything with you in the financial department. So you have to step up and say, I'll take my half.
1: Yeah, if you can, if they tell the truth, when you go to court, uh, you know, I, my first one was just horrendous. I only had 15 cents in my pocket. And I tell them, this story and i I was standing in front of the dumpster trying to decide whether i should dive in for a watermelon or not and you know the kids and i they were very very small and we lived in this little tiny 18 foot trailer because he didn't want to pay any child support he didn't want to pay any kind of anything even though the children were a part of this right that just really flabbergasted
2: me let me say something about that shirlene hijackals don't have love to give you hijackals have uses for you and that includes the children Mm, okay
1: that makes perfect sense then why would would they why would they help their children if it's only a usage type of thing and and all he wanted was to take the children from me that was his thing
2: yes because winning is everything they don't want the children they don't want you to have them. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example of that. I was working with a woman who'd been divorced from a hijacker for two years, and she—he kept taking her to court, wanting custody of the children. And it was very, very difficult situation. He was a very troubled man. I worked with her, and we did the best—we did the best that we could—and. I opened the newspaper and there on the front page was he walked into where she worked, shot her between the eyes, shot himself. That's mm. how much she cared about the children. Now the children were orphans. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So hijackles are going to be those people who are violent. You know, I had a woman ask me the other day after she told me about her hijackle. She said, should I be concerned that is he the kind of person who will be violent and could kill me? Now, she wasn't my client. She was just asking a question in a general group. And I said, you know, I can't answer that. I don't know your story. But I can tell you that hijackles are the people who hurt other people. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a question uh, regarding alcohol. Al- alcohol seems to figure into this also. What do you find around that?
2: Yes, hijackals like substances um, they, because they they believe that they are more powerful and omniscient than anybody else. They also believe that they can do anything and they do mm-hmm. tend to be addictive personalities. So they will like alcohol, drugs, you know, things that will allow them to feel like they are absolutely infallible. <laughs> -hmm. Yeah, even gravity doesn't apply to them. You know. Yeah. (laughs) And and on that on that note, Shirley, let me just also add that many times hijackers have very deviant sexual preferences. So they will ask you to do things that you may be like completely stunned. You didn't even know people did those things in the bedroom. (laughs) And they will ask you to do them and they will say, if you loved me, you will.
0: You need Mm -hmm. to know
2: that. So, you know, if Mm -hmm. that's going on, you may want to have a little look to see if all these other things are going on too. Mm -hmm. Now, could you give us a list of Um, what
1: you see most. I know you've mentioned it before, but I want you to reiterate, for those who weren't listening in the beginning, of what the traits are for the hijackals.
2: Sure, I'll give you a few. The number one trait is the need to win. They want to win every argument. They want to get their way at all times. They want to have power over you. So they will win whether you're discussing which movie to see or where to go for vacation or whatever is on the table. They need to win in order to maintain the power and control. Another thing that you might notice in somebody and that might wake you up to the fact that they're a hijacker, is that they have out of proportion mismanaged emotions, like you say, "Could you take the garbage out?" and they come at you like you just murdered their favorite child?" Mm. right? It's completely mm-hmm. out of proportion because they will not be questioned about their behavior,
1: yes, you're
4: right. so mm-hmm. we
2: we get that. Another thing is this black or white all or nothing thinking. When you're doing what they want you to do, you are the best thing since sliced bread. In the next moment, when you ask a question, you are then the scum of the earth. It is black mm. or white, all or nothing. And this is what we call splitting. And this is one of the things that we talk about a lot, and especially mentioned in that great book, Walking on Eggshells. Um, the splitting between now I'm this person and now I'm the opposite. And, and that's not looking at people like in a bipolar situation. This is talking about people with their, their willingness to look at you and say, I like you, I hate you, right? You, don't, you can't believe that at one moment they think you're wonderful and the next moment they think you're useless,
1: Absolutely. And they say, oh, I love you so much. I couldn't live without you. You're the best thing I've ever had in my life. I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for you. And then the next minute, they're swearing in, at you. and <laughs>
2: That's right. And, and, and casting aspersions at your heritage, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's All very right, confusing. So- Yeah, I know. And I think that was uh, the biggest issue that I had. But I've been with more than one because I first of all, I'd never met you. And I I mentioned earlier that you've written 13 books. You've actually written 16 books. Including escaping the hijackal trap and stop the crazy that crazy making. You know, I I wish I'd known about you way back when, but you weren't in this space at that time. (laughs) But I know there's got to be women all over the world that are challenged with this. And men, yes. That's what's going to be my next question. Is it usually one way or the other? No,
2: it's equally split. They Mm -hmm. just show up differently. Right, mm-hmm. so men are likely to be attracted to women um, who are kind of always changing their mind. Like I like you now, but I don't like you so much. But I'd like you if you bought me something. You know, mm-hmm. that that comes to the forefront more in the way that women hijackles attract men, and. Uh, women are attracted to hijackle men because they are swept off their feet and charmed beyond words. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: I know. He's such a wonderful guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now, you know, when my friends say to me, oh, I met this great guy, I go, hmm, um, you know, I have my radar up. Okay, keep talking. Talk to me for the first six months of the relationship, and then we'll see if he is a great guy.
1: Right. You can't or, really tell in the beginning, can you? No, because I never
2: have. Because like I said, they're chameleons and they're going to show you your favorite colors first and then they'll show you their true colors later. Mm-hmm. Well, my last
1: my last one I knew for four years before I married him and still in the long run at ended up with a hijack.
2: Well, we have unconscious programming and very subconscious responses. When we've had it in our background, usually our parents had something of a hijackal nature. And so when our brain was very, very early in its formation, and you know, our brain grows till we're 25 years old. So when it was in its early formation, all these things were coming in through our senses. It was before we even had language that we learned where our place was in the world and whether we were a good person or an acceptable person or how to keep the giants happy, those parents that we needed to survive. And we learned all those things early on. so this goes well back into our background about what we're willing to accept from a hijackle. And so don't make yourself wrong. Don't beat yourself up. If you find you're with a hijackle. just say, Oh, I had, no way of knowing this but now I have the information let me do things and look at this differently Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and I suggest that if you have any idea that you got a hijackal in your life you need to pick up Dr. Roberta Shaler's books because uh, yeah we were on a cruise remember that (laughs) and we had a woman that came up to us out of nowhere, and said to her, "I've been watching all of your videos, and me- she wanted to be co- counseled right then and there."
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was quite a moment because she said, "I know you from somewhere. I know you from somewhere." And then she went, "Oh, I've watched all your videos on YouTube." And mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know whether to be flattered or annoyed because here we are in this cruise, which I'm supposed to be getting away from everything, and here you right. are wanting some help and that happened twice when we were on that ship. But you know, I really am here to help people and I want to do that. And I I want you to be informed. I don't want you to be caught unawares that maybe somewhere in your past. Like I write a lot and one Um, And my website at forrelationshiphelp.com, you can read a lot of my blogs, but I also write for some major places like Your Tango and the Good Man Project. And recently I wrote a piece for, for Your Tango, and it's called The Five Sad Underlying Beliefs You May Have If You Were Raised by a Difficult Person. Well, if you don't know that those things happened to you when you were small and they have influenced who you are and how you see the world and how you manage your relationships forever, they will happen to manage those relationships in life, in romance, in business, in your relationship with your children and every other person that you meet. And until you inform yourself, until you make sure that you've thought all this through, You can be subconsciously sabotaging everything you touch. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Wow. Unbelievable. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then
1: we're going to be back for the end of our show. And uh, I'm going to ask you know, if somebody discovers that they're in that relationship and they just had a major aha as a result of the show, what do they do next?
2: We'll be right back.
4: in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now.
3: The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style. And how I would like to approach people and it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional but still very warm and nurturing.
4: I invested in Shirlene's uh, compelled to sell sales training program and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, because I wanted to sort of up level my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients and your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income, go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com.
1: And welcome back. I hope you stuck with us because this is a real important time. If you are one of those having challenges like I did and so many other people in the population, you're going to want to know how to deal with this. And so if we just discovered that we are living with the hijackal and and we had no idea, what is our first step? What do we do to stop the crazy making?
2: Well, first of all, you have to work with yourself, and I can't stress that enough. Come to terms with it. Don't make yourself wrong. Make yourself informed, educated, and do your own work first. And then, unless, as I said earlier, there's physical or sexual abuse, you have time to figure this out. Get strong, be empowered, be clear, set strong boundaries, maintain them, and see what happens with their relationship. Mm,
1: okay. And then how do we reach out to you? Would you share with everybody how to get your books or how to find you on YouTube? And I know you have these amazing Facebook groups too. So share with us how to connect with you.
2: Sure. First of all, if you're thinking that you might be with a hijackle or had a hijackle parent or something, um, get my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackle, at hijackles.com. And if you want to know more about me or my work or read my blog, go to four, F O R, relationship help, H E L P dot com. For relationship Help.com. And if you want to go to YouTube, my channel is called Surprise, Surprise, For Relationship Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that couldn't be better.
1: <laughs> and I want to tell you, you spell hijackles, H I. J-A-C-K-A-L. H-I-J-A-C-K-A-L. And I want to thank Roberta Schaler for being with us today. She's an amazing woman, and she's helped so many other people to overcome this huge challenge. And like I said, I wish I'd known her before. Thanks so much, Dr. Shayler, for being with us today.
2: My pleasure. Thank you,
1: Shirleen. You are certainly welcome. And until next week... I will see you then. Watch, take a look at who's around you and what's really going on. See you next Wednesday.
0: Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you gained insights that will change the way you do business, generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. Join us again next Wednesday, live at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on BBS Radio. Don't forget to get in the queue early to receive your personalized business coaching experience. And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com.